Hi guys, welcome to another episode of It's Critical. I'm your host Kritika Singh and with us today we have Shashwati Siva who's an entrepreneur and founder of Kaavati. Shashwati will be talking to us about her experience of becoming an entrepreneur, starting a vegan cheese brand, the ill effects of dairy on our health, the climate and on the animals. Let's hear more from Shashwati herself. Happy listening. Thank you so much for coming on board Shashwati it's a pleasure having you here Thank you Kritika I'm so happy to be here and I look forward to having a good conversation with you about um, veganism To start with the first thing that I would like to know is uh, what motivated you to choose a plant-based lifestyle Okay so um I was raised vegetarian yeah, I grew up in a proper traditional south indian uh, family and we uh, we grew up vegetarian and i always considered myself as someone who really uh, loved animals in the sense you know i'm not someone who would say uh, want to bring all the animals home but i've always you know had like a connection and i've always liked to pet stray dogs and you know play with them and stuff like that so i always considered myself an animal lover and because i didn't eat meat i never actually thought that I was harming any animal because that's what we are taught to believe also yeah. right like while growing up we just told that um cows give us milk and you know we are vegetarians and uh, meat eater I mean eating meat is um, uh, you know harming animals yeah. and stuff like that so that's something I always believed and then when I think it was after we uh, had dogs of our own and you know some people told us that you know if you aren't really cruelty free if you're saying you're vegetarian because you're still like dairy is still a big contributor True. to uh, animal cruelty and uh, i couldn't believe it then i was like oh wow okay like really and it was my parents who made the connect to this even before i okay. did and uh, you know when when my father visited a dairy farm and uh, you know he came back he was uh, so disturbed and he was just like i can never eat dairy again and i was really confused because i felt like you know it's it's like i didn't understand what went behind it and uh, i think i started doing my own research about it you know this was about 7 8 years ago i started uh, educating myself i started finding out more things of course um i was also you know just 21 22 at that point of time and you know um going out with friends and having pizza and all of those things were like yeah. kind of priority at that point of time and i was very conflicted between um a rational part of my brain saying what i'm having is wrong versus the emotional part of my brain saying but i want to have yeah. it and that's something i battled with and you know i was kind of battling between uh, what is right and versus uh, what i actually wanted to do so i eventually it the it kind of just closed in and i realized that okay you know i really cannot be contributing to animal cruelty just because it's something uh, cheese is something i like or butter is something i like to yeah. eat so i had to make a decision as to like okay um you know i i, I have to stop dilly dallying and i have to put my foot down about it and um, that's how i uh, went vegan and uh, i did not go vegan overnight and i wasn't able to just give up everything that i uh, used to have so 
I made a list of all the dairy items I really liked or the ones I don't like so much and I started ticking it off one by one by one and uh, eventually I came to a point where I had given given everything up and at that point of time there were no alternatives there was nothing you know if you just gave up something you yeah. gave up something this was just eight years ago but it's a world yeah. of difference like everything is so different from how it how it is today yeah so that's how I became a vegan and that's how I got introduced to veganism and I think I made a lot of connect with like my dog and the cows in the dairy industry because I would feel like you know um I wouldn't do anything to hurt my dog. I wouldn't I wouldn't even dream of it. I wouldn't even let anybody even like scold yeah. him. And I decided that you know just because that cow is not in my house or that cow is not my own pet does not mean I have any authority to um put that cow through that level of abuse and that much of you know just disaster before getting a glass of milk that was delivered to me. So it was just a very very uh, moral and conscious decision that I took. to be like okay i think i want to be vegan i want i want to i want to live an ethical lifestyle so, yeah i think your uh, story is pretty insightful uh, shashwati because uh, when we talk about plant based diet or veganism for that matter people always say oh yeah i'm vegetarian so i think i'm not harming animals and uh, you know that's right. the mindset or that's the idea that we need to probably change or you know educate people aware them more in terms of when it's dairy it does not mean that it's cruelty free and it takes sure it takes a lot of time but i mean your story is in itself an example right that that vegetarians also can transition and being vegetarian and ha- consuming dairy does not mean that you're cruelty free yeah i think um, a lot of times what happens is that you know when you're eating meat you're still very aware that you're consuming a part of an animal you're consuming a body part yeah. of an animal but when it comes to dairy a lot of people are in so much denial yeah. about it because you know you're always told that no there are so many things that people continue to say even today they'll say cows produce excess yeah. milk and i get mine from the nearby yogoshala and you know cows need to give us it we do not consume cows milk the cow will explode True. and you know this will happen that will happen all kinds of things so it's like the belief system is so much stronger in dairy yeah. uh then it actually is in a meat industry because i think the meat industry is more straightforward in a way that you know you're eating an animal yeah. uh so you know that that the animal has been slaughtered for it to end up on your plate but whereas in the meat in, uh, in the dairy industry you don't you don't realize that yeah. you need to kind of uh, be made aware and then for, and then there is the whole thing of like actually someone actually believing it that's True. a whole other story in itself So yeah I think getting a staunch vegetarian to even believe that he or she is uh committing animal cruelty itself is I think a tough true true talking about dairy and when we think about cheese uh, we usually think about cheese made out of milk right so is vegan cheese even delicious or does it compare anywhere to dairy cheese So you know when people ask me this is actually one of my most favorite questions uh because I think as someone who's trying to come up with alternatives to an yeah. existing product and to a product that's been loved for generations and something that's been around for a really really long time I will say that vegan cheese is delicious no doubt of course it is delicious delicious um is it going to be exactly the taste of your dairy cheese I wouldn't say yes um because and I will give you the reason yeah. for it 
because the ingredients are entirely different True. the method in which it's made is entirely different the chemicals involved in the fermentation for example in the uh, you know the way it is set in the way it is sent every the way even if even it is packaged it's entirely different yeah. right it comes close it definitely comes close there are types of cheeses you can melt there are types of cheeses you can cut some you can grate some you can spread some are flavored some are plain so many things yes it definitely is a is a good alternative to have it is close but will it ever be 100% no it will not be 100% because the ingredients are entirely different yeah. one on the one hand you're having the milk of a cow on the other hand you have either cashew nuts so you have soy or you have almonds to make the cheese with so it just the base ingredient is so different yeah. so while you can get it close while you can do a lot of uh, experiments we can use a lot of ingredients to get it close um i would say yes like 85 to 90% um it's possible to nail it um there will be a bit of a difference there and there should yeah, be also um uh, you know when we are having something as delicious as cashews or you're having something as nutritious as as the soy why shouldn't it have the taste of it and even cow's milk has a taste True. to it you're just used to it that's True. it it's not like you're going from a neutral taste to something that's entirely different you're just so used to it that it's starting to seem like that is the normal when you know it's just another flavor and it's nutritious right absolutely um firstly plant based any plant based food does not have cholesterol yeah. in it you know there are there are fats there are good fats there are bad fats but even if you take you know um say 200 grams of cashew cheese you're not going to consume 200 grams in one sitting True. it's very filling um you're going to consume barely say 50 60 grams at the most to make something so that's barely anything so when you say cashew then everybody's like oh my god cholesterol like no that's again a, a, like a you know full yeah. blown myth whereas on the other hand when you take dairy cheese not only does it have a cholesterol it's also pumped up with different kinds of hormones there's oxytocin in yeah. it um there are there are various antibiotics that the cows are pumped with which in which which directly comes out in the milk it also it it also has a lot of excess protein that we cannot digest so, um, as you know human beings that protein is meant for a 20 kg calf to grow into a 150 kg cow so can't expect your tiny human body to process the same amount of protein that a calf yeah. can of course cow's milk has protein there's no doubting it there's no denying it but that protein is not meant for our bodies to break down and cow's milk is also heavily acidic yeah. you know and our bodies are alkaline and for us to consume that level of acidity what happens is to put it in very 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 simple layman terms because i am a layman i don't know the you know i'm not going to talk like yeah. a doctor but um the the calcium is leached from our bones to alkalinize the acidic milk that we are drinking so that we can digest it because as such your stomach is not capable of digesting yeah. it of course we have evolved of course we have become we've come to a place where you know we can digest cow's milk and milk products so easily yeah. um but it doesn't mean it's good for you it doesn't mean that um it it's it's helping you in any way it's really not true and i think uh, half of us don't even know that most of the population in india are actually lactose intolerant and uh, we we can't even consume it but we just don't know we live in denial and <laughs> yes, yeah because it causes a lot of indigestion issues skin problems yeah. um you know so many things and i think we don't 
we don't draw the connect to that you know we we kind of refuse it a lot of denial yeah, yeah you're right so you know talking about cheese now how did the journey of kawati start because uh, it's only through kawati that i met you for the first time and even you know, you know we are connecting over this podcast so how did the journey start right. and what's in your cheese kawati journey has just been uh, a lot of things kind of just fell into place at that point of time for me to uh, do this i had no intention of having a brand of my own or uh, even stepping into the world of business like i literally didn't think i would be here okay but i was in advertising uh, i worked in advertising for about 5 and a half 6 years um, i was a copywriter and i enjoyed my job everything was kind of going well of course i always felt like i wanted to contribute in some way to the world of veganism and you know uh, be in the space of alternatives in some way but i did not know how or yeah. what i had recently started cooking at that point of time um, until then i was never interested in anything to do with the kitchen but i had a sudden interest in cooking and i started cooking and um, i started posting photos of it online on instagram and twitter and stuff like that and um, there was just this um, cow figurine you know that was there and i decided to just keep it in the photos and i started spinning a tale around how the food is dairy free and i kind of gave the voice to the cow okay. as if the cow was talking i don't know the name also just kind of came to me because it was just like shashwati cow <laughs> the identity seek i thought it was more like a joke online not anything serious you okay. know and um, so then eventually i made a blog with the name because it became a big hit and i had a lot of friends you know telling me really nice things about it so i just decided to try and take better pictures and you know to just blog i think uh, somewhere down the line i realized that this actually has more potential than just being a yeah. blog and i decided um, that you know uh, i didn't feel like my advertising career was fulfilling i felt like i wasn't doing anything in the area where i'm actually very passionate about which is veganism so i decided to quit i worked in a couple of other places i worked at carrots uh, you know i got the kind of a base to start off yeah. with an understanding of how vegan businesses work and uh, yeah that's when i decided that okay i need to start i need to start it on my own and i took a few months just to practice and perfect yeah. the recipe that i really really like and then um, i held a small potluck with few of my friends and friends of friends to like kind of taste the cheese and get feedback see how it is doing and then that's how i launched it into a business and touch what it's been for years now yeah yeah and to be honest i love your cheese and yeah i think it was thank it you it was the first plant based uh, cheese that i ever tasted after going vegan because uh, it was just first it was so exciting to have something in the market to have and finally someone doing something for the plant based market people like customers right so first it your cheese was the first one i ever tasted and uh, second i'm so glad <laughs> it is it is actually good and you know the quality itself says that uh, it's made with love and especially with mm-hmm. no animal harm it just yeah. makes the happiness quadruple Thank you so much that's really sweet of you. I am definitely one of the first ones uh I was very new you know then um I wasn't even sure if this is a space that would pick up at that point of time. 
but i had a lot of support from the community and you know a lot of people who told me to just keep at it and that it is going to pick up and yeah i'm so glad i did because yeah it's picked up massively so it's a good time to be in a vegan business how difficult do you think uh, you know it was to launch something in the plant based industry when the market in india is flourishing with dairy so product. it is difficult in the sense that uh, so dairy is heavily subsidized by the government in india yeah so it's easily accessible to almost everybody so to compete with that i wouldn't say compete even today we are not even we're not even at a 2% population to compete yeah. with the dairy but it didn't stop me it didn't scare me from it because i feel like there is still considerable population who are becoming aware of this kind of lifestyle who want to try something new there are a lot of transitioning vegans who find that having an alternative makes it easier to become a full vegan True. so you know it's just that sometimes because of the lack of having a product yeah. you end up falling back on an on an option you're used to so you know if you're not finding vegan cheese and then you're really craving cheese there could be a day when you just walk in a supermarket and you're like you know what let me just pick yeah. up for today it's yeah. fine So having that alternative there changes uh, things for a lot of people and that meant something to me you know so I will say that it was a shot in the dark to see um what the market is like and how the response is going to be but I think the response has been phenomenal and it's not that just because I run a business for uh, that is vegan only vegans buy from yeah. me no in fact vegans have figured it out vegans have figured out how to either live without the cheese or make their own cheese for me my main customer base is transitioning vegans it's people who want to be vegan and this gives them the little edge and the support and i think when people see uh, brands thriving in in a vegan space yeah. they have more confidence that okay this is some this is legit yeah. and you know this 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 space is growing this market is growing and i can be a part of it kind of thing true and you know back to my previous question i think i also asked you what's in your cheese so it'll be great if you can give us an insight into what exactly is your cheese made of sure so my cheese currently the one i'm selling is made of uh, cashews okay. so it's from cashews there i have different i have six flavors basically i do want to keep building on the indian palate um for different types of cheeses and cheeses we've not really heard of so um that's something that's very very exciting for me but uh mine is predominantly cashew okay. based i am working uh, i have been working for a while now on a watermelon seed based uh, wow. cheese but it's just not ready to be sold um i am still not happy with the recipe and until i'm 100% convinced i'm not going to put it up for sale of course so the watermelon seed recipe the main reason i'm working on that is um so right now i'm selling uh, 100 grams of cheese for 150 rupees and um i wanted to get cheaper so uh, i'm trying watermelon seeds and cheaper uh, resources yeah. so that so that the price of my final product also it can be brought down so it can be made more accessible to everybody that's something i'm very i'm really like you know working on that uh, it's hard it's difficult but i think it's also possible yeah. 
thank you for shedding light on that because you know you also talked about uh, subsidizing like how government subsidizes the dairy industry uh, a lot of time people tell me that you know the reason they cannot afford to go vegan is because the alternatives are too expensive but uh, if in case of course the raw material cost comes down for you then that also means that the cost which you actually put on the label also comes down so i think the idea is for also to look at it from a ecosystem point of view where the raw materials you use their prices need to fall for you to even charge that lesser amount to the customer absolutely um i'll tell you this so 100 grams of uh, cow mozzarella cheese is at a minimum of say anything between 95 to 100 yeah. rupees and this is that i have priced it at 150 yeah. rupees so for a uh, privileged folk yeah. who can afford it it's actually not that big of a uh, cost difference um especially when you buy it in bulk of course there are a lot of people who have told me that okay it's 50 rupees yeah. more so you know maybe i cannot afford it uh, on a sustainable yeah. basis yeah. for example i mean i'm just being very open about it um absolutely i am uh, the everybody on that the whole problem i have with the whole veganism is expensive this thing narrative is that you know you shouldn't rely on buying everything for See. example even when you are working with dairy you don't buy every single thing on a regular yeah. basis you know it's not like you have five bars of butter in your fridge all the time it's not like you are constantly you know um, you're buying a uh, curd no you buy your milk uh, or you make your uh, milk at home and then you use that to make yeah. other things so i think that so much of veganism has become like this fad to like you know oh my god if it's not labeled vegan what am i even going to do no there are there is so much you can make at home there is so much uh, of uh, you know natural stuff that you end up eating so your fruits and your vegetables your yeah. greens your nuts and all of those things so if you look at it if you you just need to take a step back and be like okay am i paying 50 rupees extra for this product but where else am i actually saving yeah right now as a vegan unless i've had like body pain or like you know there was a time when i fell down and i hurt my leg i'm not been to a doctor yeah. you know there's just no need because i don't have major like indigestion issues or stomach yeah. issues or anything yeah. so overall you know other than maybe like stray incidents yeah. here and there the amount of indigestion issues i used to have before versus yeah. like now the amount of times i used to fall ill versus yeah. now so i'm saying you don't know where all you're saving sure. until you actually try it and then you'll be like okay so you can't look at veganism as just saying what's in my plate today yeah. veganism is a lifestyle you have to look at it as that if it means that you are having three cups of coffee and you need to have start having one cup of coffee because that's how you're going to regulate yeah. it of course you're going to save money as well so when you say veganism is expensive i think it's wrong because you have not tried it or you tried it the wrong way and of course support small businesses please support small <laughs> yes. businesses please buy from all of us i'm not saying no to it at all but i'm saying that you know it can be made sustainable depending on your budget depending on your affordability 
and uh, you know of course uh, i think all small businesses are working towards bringing the price down of course we want to bring the cost down of course we want to be a direct competitor to dairy but that will happen only as the demand also increases so if you do want to be a part of this movement if you do want to be like i have to contribute today so that you know we can get to a place tomorrow where we can all um, you know be in the same space and the same yeah. price range happy to do so but if you don't buy from us today then how are we going to get that tomorrow so for i'm saying that for people who yeah. can afford to shell out that few rupees extra yeah. for example yeah but to say that veganism is expensive on a you know just yeah. a blatant uh, blanket statement like that really True. doesn't work um, if it means you have not tried uh, if you really need to give it like a month or two until you know you also need to get used to it you need to be in the kitchen a little more you need to start making these small things on your own start making your own milk start making your own dahi absolutely you know? absolutely i think uh, when i drink milk i drink it daily but i drink oat milk and i don't remember the last time i bought uh, milk outside yeah. because it's so easy to make it and to be honest oat milk for everybody who want to transition but is finding soy milk soy milk difficult to consume i think oat milk is the best alternative to start with oat milk is delicious it's so easy to make yeah. it's so fresh and i mean with coffee it tastes amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah so shashwati before we move forward uh, there's a small rapid fire round that i'd like to do with you and uh, okay. there will be just a few questions and uh, you'll have to give me a one word answer for that all right so whenever you're ready right all right the first one is dog love money ah uh, not so important want all the animals in the world to be free <laughs> frog cute desire uh love sustainability eco friendly need food veganism present cheese kauti <laughs> well thank you so much so uh, you know yours was pretty quick and uh, swift to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i've had answers in the past where people have said frog oh creepy i don't like them oh shit <laughs> i actually think they're really cute i think they're incredibly cute i think yeah, even lizards are very cute not people are so scared but i think they're incredible i i am th- one of those people who was always very scared of lizards but i think now oh, <laughs> no but now i'm 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 becoming better because i think veganism what it actually taught me in the past 6 years is that you know they are doing their own thing they are not disturbing you yeah sure <laughs> they fall right. on you sure they fall on me like every single time i cross them but yeah sure they just fall on you <laughs> they don't do anything else so yeah to continue i think uh, you know you talked about how kawati as a brand is majorly for people who are planning on transitioning to plant based diet does your customer base include non vegans and uh, if so what's the kind of reaction they have or feedback they have for you Okay I think firstly I'll just uh, clarify that I didn't intend for Kawati to become uh, like that when I um, even when I started uh, the brand I think what I had in mind is that it has to be a brand that's open to everybody yeah. uh, you know there is no kind of exclusivity saying oh this is vegan cheese only vegans will yeah. have it absolutely not um Uh, a lot of people kind of assume that you yeah. know uh, they'll be like oh i have a vegan friend who i will tell them about your cheese i'm yeah. like oh you also can try it no exactly uh, 
so he's like it's like it's you know like i always ask them i'm like okay if you're a meat eater does it mean you don't eat coriander or does it mean you don't you don't eat an apple because that's vegetarian no right you don't draw a distinction over yeah. there you're like i can eat this and that so same thing so include it as a part of your like you know what you eat or what yeah. you would experiment or try yeah. it's not a big deal so yeah having said that uh, i didn't intend for it to become like that i think that is a learning i got after about a year of being in business and i realized that okay it's actually the majority of people consuming this is transitioning vegans uh feedback has touch wood been really good so far yeah the only uh, issue that sometimes happens is you know people uh, like for example my chili cheese some people find it too spicy some people find it not spicy enough yeah got it so you know so you know I have to tell them that it is a standard recipe and you know so things like that uh, there are a couple of people who thought the cheese was too salty couple of people who thought the cheese was not salty enough so i think it's a little varied like that yeah. but as such to to if you have to if i have to say like product or feedback wise it's been pretty um it's been pretty okay um i'm happy with it uh i constantly feel like i can do better and i constantly want to keep um, you know bettering my product i want to keep um you know trying to see how i can get it closer and closer to dairy cheese yeah. so um uh, uh feedback wise i think i've been pretty blessed i've been pretty happy with it so um so the audience definitely includes uh, non vegans so like i was saying there are a lot of uh, transitioning vegans there are also a lot of people who are vegan curious so yeah. um you know people who want to know more about veganism who want to try more products so i also supply to a few cafes who are not vegan cafes but they have a vegan pizza things like that so it's a mix of uh, everybody okay do you think uh dairy should be a part of the feminist movement why or why not i think uh, being anti dairy is part of uh, being a uh, feminist is a very important part of it because uh, cows are females and while feminism focuses on human uh, females but i think on yeah. a fundamental level and i think on a human level as a woman uh, to understand what a female cow goes through is not uh, difficult it's very very possible to connect on an emotional level and if we um dairy has so much of sexual abuse more than anything yeah. else and i think um for uh, women like us who will not stand for sexual abuse in any form and i yeah. think it should include dairy how can you have a product of sexual abuse at the same time stand up against sexual abuse that you know happened to another female so True. i think uh, speciesism and feminism go hand in hand um, it's very very related and while i don't want to take away from either of the movements because each of them have True. its own kind of um, struggles and it's been going on for so many years and so many people have um, you know fought such like you know strong brave fights about it yeah. while i want to give equal importance to both i also think they intersect and i think uh, it's important to be both you can't be one or the either and say i am one but i'm not the other one it doesn't work yeah. like that it it's it has to go hand in hand and um, yeah that's really important so definitely connected and i think um, you know the the sexual abuse that goes on in the dairy yeah. industry and you cannot get milk without sexual abuse so you know if you are against sexual abuse please be against sexual abuse in any form in to happening to anybody um so that's to me that's what the connection is thank you so much for talking about it because you know a lot of times we 
forget to you know even link that or see that connection and uh, that actually brings me to the next question which is you know in india majority of the dairy uh, farms or you know the sector in itself is uh, led by cooperatives and it's always shown in a good light like you know how healthy the cows are and how much they take care of them but do you, what do you think really happens to the animals in the dairy industry so um to put it very simply you get milk from a cow when the cow has just given birth to a calf now for the cow to be able to give birth to a calf the cow has to be pregnant yeah. now for a cow to naturally be pregnant in a industry where she does not see light where she does not meet her fellow cows is done artificially it all begins with artificial insemination where when a cow is old enough i think when she is about a year and two months old approximately there is a fully grown human man who takes uh, the semen and he puts his hand up the uh, vagina of the cow to deposit the sperm and yeah. this is done in a very unhygienic terrible way first of all that is it technically qualifies as rape if you think yeah. about it because um, where did the cow consent for a human man to put his arm up uh, arm up her uh, private part like that's none yeah. of our business and yeah. um so once that is done then the cow gets pregnant yeah. um then the cow uh, gives birth to the calf and if it's a male calf the male calf is automatically sent to the meat industry for yeah. um, leather or to make um, you know other yeah veal and other yeah. kinds of uh, meat products if it's a female calf the calf is immediately separated from the mother yeah now again here um, mother child bonding uh, for any animal including us like you we know the bonding we have with our mothers so to take away a calf from its mother as soon as it's born it's just cruel they go through depression they go through ptsd they really miss the kids and cows are a lot like us you know they yeah. have only one kid in like a few years so they're very attached to their kids yeah. um it's not even like you know even with puppies there are still like three four puppies and you know if one uh, if there's an issue with one the dog mothers will you will still see the dog mother adjusting but cow, cows are a lot like us yeah so, so the attachment is a lot and uh, once you take the calf away from the mother then the mother is automatically becoming a milk machine so uh, the machine is stuck to her udder and milk is just drawn out and out and out of her body so much so that blood pus all of it comes with the milk yeah. and now yeah. for her to produce that milk when her calf is not actually feeding on her the cow is given oxytocin oxytocin is a drug that induces happiness it's a banned yeah. drug we cannot buy oxytocin just like that it's sold in black and it's available to all industries or uh, the dairy industry so that is fed to the cow and then, and then she gives milk and of course to maintain her health and all of it she is injected with um, antibiotics through yeah. the through her lifetime and she is fed artificial food she is not given the food that she needs her yeah. for to meet her nutritional needs no she is fed soy she is fed corn while it fills up her stomach it's not nutritious enough for her yeah and uh, that is that is the product we are consuming and you know um, if you talk to uh, for anybody listening if anybody is mother or you've definitely seen a human mother you know a breastfeeding mother is always told to to be very careful of her diet to not eat too much garlic to not drink alcohol True. you know to to eat certain types of food why because yeah. everything the mother does comes out in the milk she's producing 
So to, for the well-being of her child, the mother has to be very conscious of her uh, diet. She has to be very con- conscious of her um, consumption. All of that included, that that is the same for any breastfeeding mother. So what the cow has been uh, consuming comes out in the milk. So if the yeah. cow has been given antibiotics, if the cow is eating artificial food, if the cow has been given drugs, you're consuming that milk. I think that's, uh, to put it in a nutshell, this is what happens in a dairy industry. It's a very, very, very dark, depressing, horrendous place. And um, if somebody is, uh, you know, really not convinced, I would say that just go to a dairy industry. Just go. People are love you. Yeah. Go and witness it for yourself. You will realize that we are not lying about it. We are not yeah. exaggerating it. True. It's the truth. It's what true. happens. True. Watch I mean, a cow cry and you'll never be able to have a glass of milk again in your life. That's so true because I remember from my own experience of, you know, bearing witness to a few of these incidences in the dairy farms. I mean, it's it's disheartening on, I can't even express like, you know, the extreme conditions that these calves or these cows are kept in and the open wounds or, you know, the pus coming out. And like you said, right, the milk, they are giving hormones for even the milk to come out. And uh, the milk is then let, the milk starts flowing. But to be honest, a cow's milk actually does not flow till the time the calf is actually not there. So yeah. there's a lot behind the scene that we actually either deny or we don't want to look at. But it's time that, uh, you know, we see what we are doing, not just to the animals, but when we are also consuming it, we are doing it. We're doing harm to ourselves and our family members who we apparently say that we love. Another point I just want to add here yeah. is that um, now this is what happens in a, in a factory farm. This is what yeah. happens in your, you know, big industries, big uh, milk brands. True. Um, yeah. A lot of people, you know, when you talk about this, they'll be like, no, but I buy from my local farmer. Yeah. I buy from the Goshala next to my house yeah. and uh, where the calf uh, drinks the milk of the mother and then I take the yeah. milk. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to address that because that's very, very common. Um, What happens there is that, yes, um, some cows do produce excess milk. So do you. So does any mammal. You know, you will see that, you know, um, producing, of course, the the child is not going to drink every little drop of the milk that you're going to produce. Of course, there's going to be excess milk. The cow is not going to explode if you do not drink that excess milk. Just like you do not drink the milk of a dog or a cat or a you know, uh, or another human for that yeah, matter. Yeah. You know, we consider it to be so like, ew, like I wouldn't drink the milk of yeah. another human. And why are you drinking the milk of a cow? True. So like uh, we said, uh, in the, even in a Goshala, there is a very popular dairy farming, uh, uh, this thing called the Kalbacha. I don't know if you've okay. heard of it. Kalbacha is basically um, the, after the calf is slaughtered, yeah. Yeah. They, they stuff the body of the calf. True. And they dangle it in yeah. front of the mother. So the mother can still smell her child and produce yeah. the milk. I mean, how horrendous do we need to be to get that milk so desperately? True. You know, how how can we be okay with it? Like even just saying it out loud yeah. is, is, you know, is giving me like anxiety to even yeah. think about it. Yeah. So then just think of the mother, what she's going through. You're manipulating someone into giving the milk meant for their child. I mean, you put a human being in the place of this and, you know, you will want the, those people to be arrested and, True. you know, you'll realize that, you know, you are that person doing it to somebody else. True. They're also repeatedly impregnated. Yeah. So if a cow on a natural lifespan left alone will probably give birth to a calf once in four years, yeah. once in five. 
So in in the lifespan of a cow, she probably has three, maybe four calves. Uh, right now, uh, in to to survive in an industry, she is made. She is impregnated every year. Yeah, every year, which means uh, yeah, she's either pregnant or she is a milk milk yeah. machine. She, there's just no in. There's no there's no gap, which is so bad for the health of the yeah. cow. Which means cows they die a lot faster. Which uh, which works for the industry yeah. because that means you're directly sending that to the leather industry to the meat industry. All so, of it is interconnected. Yeah. So, yeah. And by the time they're six, seven year old, they are already uh, in such a condition that they are of yeah. no use to the dairy industry as a product. Yeah. So yes. then they are sold for their meat or the leather, and it's it's That's a cycle that we are promoting and we are and exactly. we are spending our money on. So yeah. yeah. So, so it's very, it's very wrong to say that uh, I only have uh, dairy and it's not a big deal. No, you know, you, you even consuming dairy is, uh, you know, there's such a, there's so much of a ripple effect. Like, True. you know, there are repercussions of it. You're also supporting leather. You're also supporting meat. And why True. you might say you don't consume it, but the yeah. fact that it doesn't change that you are still contributing to it. True. You know, uh, for my last question to you, I think. Uh, yeah. I'd like to know what's next for Kawati and what's next for you. Um, this is a very difficult uh, question to answer in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> where my business is currently not working. So, um, to be to give you the most honest answer I can at this point of time, it is that I want my business up and running again. Um, <laughs> I want uh, deliveries to start running smoothly yeah. again, so that you know. Uh, I can stop worrying about uh, it. It's given me sleepless nights, and it's been a very, very, very tough month. But uh, my, I, I've always wanted to have a cafe. Yeah, it's something that I have always uh, wanted. But uh, I, I'm pretty far away from that dream because of uh, you know, 2020 has kind of just put through all plans off guard. Um, nothing is on track, and uh, yeah, hopefully one day I have a cafe. Is what I think. I want, but uh, for now, uh, without planning too much into the future, I just want my business up and running again. That's the most I can think of right now. Yeah, I get it. I think that's that's the kind of next for you and for Kawati. Yeah, it really is. Because, uh, you know, no matter how much we have planned for yeah. this year, everything's gone for a toss. So now I'm just like, you know, uh, how much do I actually want to plan? Like yeah. uh, the, the future has been never been this uncertain for any of us True. so you know i am just holding on to the present and i'm just trying to not plan beyond the you know 10 days up and down um so that you know yeah it's easier to cope with the times because True. if i start thinking ahead of it and then you know it's not going to happen and then it gets even more disheartening so i'd rather keep it this way for now <laughs> being safe well, I get it. And, uh, you know, all the best, I think, for your cafe and also for, you know, 2020 and tackling everything that's that's for us to see what's happening next. But yeah, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. And it was a delight having you. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you and all the very best to you as well. I hope uh, 2020 is kind to us at least for the rest of this uh, year and all the best to anybody listening. I'm sure it's a uh, difficult time for everybody and you know, I'm just sending 
love and hugs to everybody listening and to you especially Kritika um, that uh, you know we get through this uh, healthy first of all yeah. and everything else next and uh, yeah it's been lovely talking to you and uh, good luck thank you for joining us today in case you would want to connect with Sashwati you can follow her on Instagram at the rate S-H-A-S-V-A-T-H-I it's at the rate Sashwati to follow Kawati on Instagram, you can visit at the rate C-O-W-V-A-T-H-I. It's at the rate Kawati. To follow It's Critical on Instagram, you can visit at the rate I-T-S-K-R-I-T-I-K-A-L-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It's at the rate It's Critical Podcast. To follow us on Twitter, you can visit at the rate I-T-S-K-R-I-T-I-K-A-L-P-O-D. It's at the rate It's Critical Pod. You can also connect with us on LinkedIn and on Facebook. You can also visit our website www.itscritical.com. It's www.itskritical.com for more information. Happy listening.